Let's take a look at the board. And the categories are... Potent Potables. Joey, you like movies about gladiators. You're no messiah, you're a, you're a movie of the week. So you listen to me and you listen well. Look, well, let's not stand on ceremony, mate. Let's start the show. Welcome, everybody, to Potent Pictures Podcast. We've got Matt, Sean, and myself, Peter, here. Dave, again, is uh, he's, he's bailing on us. He may be joining later on in the podcast, but we want to get things kicked off. Today, we're going to be giving a review of the Fast and Furious series in anticipation of the eighth installment of the series. I know everybody on this podcast is thoroughly excited to go see that movie. Right, everybody? Right, right? Everybody? Absolutely. Most definitely. That I, the the excitement is it's palatable. I, I was more trying to think of a fate pun, and then I realized it would probably be too dramatic to imply some sort of fate about seeing the eighth Fast and the Furious movie. Well, it's all about family. Just just family. It's all it is. Can't, can't get enough family. Though I don't think anybody in my family will go see the movie with me, so <laughs> it doesn't feel very familiar. One of these days we can do a uh, we can all go see a film together, and we can just call this our movie family. Our podcast family, whatever you want to, whatever direction you want to go. We can hold hands and sing Kumbaya and enjoy a movie. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Hooray, beer. Yeah. <laughs> so before we go off into the wonderful conversation on the seven prior movies that everybody, of course, loved and enjoyed, uh, we're each going to talk about what we've been watching. Uh, before I kick off there, you guys can follow us, Potent Pictures, on Twitter and you can write us emails at potentpicturespodcast at gmail.com. I don't believe we got any emails this week, guys. I know we put out the request last week. We would respond to anybody's re- email. I don't think we got any. Anybody know if we, we did receive any gems in the, in the box this week? I didn't see any. I also didn't see any. Though I feel like it's better marketing to be like, oh, I think we got like 100 emails, so it was really hard. You guys should try to make it harder next week. Yeah, well, for our, uh, our 35 subscribers, somebody please email us for next week. <laughs> We can just edit this out and say, yes, we have 100,000 subscribers. We have too many emails to read. We're, we're very popular. We'll get to them eventually. <laughs> yeah, one day when we get an actual email. But, but anyway, yeah, feel free to contact us there and let us know how we're doing. But let's kick off into what everybody's watching. Uh, let's start with you, Sean. How about you? Well, I've been getting into a lot of um, older films this week because I just decided to go through and utilize that Amazon um, the Tribeca collection that they have. And I watched uh, Thelma and Louise, a great Ridley Scott film that I had never actually seen the full thing. Um, so watch that this week. Great to see some young cameo, you know, some young Brad Pitt. They have uh, some great you, acting. You, from- you mean topless Brad Pitt, right? Topless, yeah. I don't, I don't think you say topless with men, do you? You say shirtless. Shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Texas, it's all illegal anyway. Everybody can walk around shirtless, so I guess it is just shirtless. Topless all you want. All you want, yes, and then especially in Austin, where you're where you're at, Peter. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that movie I, is actually a really good movie. I uh, I think it's funny because um, Christopher McDonald is also in that film, which he, uh, given the timing with the Masters this week, I also got into some. Uh, you know, I go through watching clips of uh, Caddyshack and uh, Top Happy Gilmore. So um, Christopher 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 McDonald, yes, I can speak this week for me. Um, and then I'm still uh, burning through some some new shows that I, uh, I started watching this show that's on, um, I believe it's IFC Network. It's Brockmire. It's a, uh, it's the Hank Azaria show. He's like a sport, like a sportscaster that 
ends up going off on a huge rant on air and then loses his job and goes down the hole and it's like this whole he becomes like a uh, like a worldwide web sensation so uh he ends up coming back and working for this small like small town single a baseball club and doing the radio and it's pretty funny uh amanda pete is also in it she plays like the team owner so uh check that out it's really funny so far so can't wait to see episode two this week very cool now that makes me think of how many shows and things hank azaria has always been in it's, <laughs> it's insane to me hardest working man in showbiz maybe maybe guy, guy gets around always like it though always a pleasure so <laughs> it's true so i'm upset to hear there's another channel that there's a show i should be watching on so thanks well, for that sean ifc it never ends have, have you watched any shows on that network before I know the channel exists. I don't think I've watched anything on it. I definitely think I've seen trailers or you know commercials for things that looked interesting, mm-hmm. but never enough to figure out where that channel might reside. Well, I know a show, uh, Portlandia is a show that's gotten a lot of, I guess, hype before, and that's a uh, IFC network um, program. And so is... Uh, oh, I don't know this. Yeah, I, I believe it is. I, I'm, don't quote me on that, but that... And then uh, there was one show that's on Netflix that you can watch that's... Uh, Oh, I can't remember the name of it now. It was like a hockey, uh, it was like a beer league hockey show. I thought it was kind of funny. It was really stupid, good. but uh, it was, yeah, it's just a bunch of guys who played beer league hockey. But uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> other than that, I don't really know what comes on IFC Network except the occasional movie that I'll get caught up in watching. Well, hey, as long as Hank Azaria is there, it's all good. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, that's all I started watching this week. What about you, Matt? What were you getting into this week? So didn't get too, into his too, too much. Uh, kind of got a, Get some Cheers reruns, which has been nice. Really, I think we've talked about this before. It's nice to have it on in the background while I'm working at the hotel. Um, still trying to get through Generation Kill and uh, Twin Peaks. Though I think I only watched about one episode each in the past week or so, just because that's something I do want to pay attention to. Uh, I did watch Rounders, which I haven't seen in probably a good eight years. I don't know if you guys remember that, Matt Damon and uh, John Malkovich. It always makes me want to eat Oreos after I watch that movie. Right? It never fails. It's great It's great advertising. That's all I know. But, uh, Kenny KGB. It's a good movie. And then I, I watched uh, The A-Team, which I hadn't seen in a little while either. I, I actually enjoyed that movie. Bradley Cooper, Liam Neeson. Um, I liked it. Charteau Copley. Charteau Copley. I was about to drop that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that was a good pronunciation. Much better than the first time we tried it. So it's good. <laughs> I've been practicing. But what did you guys think of that? I, I always wanted, I thought that it was good enough that it could have had a, a sequel. And I know they opted not to go for it. So I was surprised that it, I was surprised it didn't do better because I thought it was definitely a great popcorn movie with a ton of really fun people to watch on screen. I mean, it was completely ridiculous, but. So are, are the movies we're about to talk about now. So yeah, exactly. I mean, if those can succeed, I'm surprised this one didn't. And remember, it came out around the same time as The Losers, um, which I guess is kind of in the same same boat. Um, but I thought they were both enjoyable. What, what were you going to say, Sean? Sorry. No, I was going to say that that movie, I think, I mean, I think it ran into some interesting things with like Quentin Jackson, Rampage Jackson. I think he had gotten on like a, a binge of getting suspended or domestic violence or something like that. Um, so I know he had his, his issues as uh, B.A. Baracus. I mean, overall, like you mentioned, Matt, it, you know, for the, the cast that they had with all the star power, you think that somebody would have greenlit at least a sequel. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought that movie was all right. I mean, I don't really remember too much of it, but uh, to Peter's point, it's just, uh, it was a great popcorn flick, you know? So yeah, surprisingly, that's a good, that's a good drop, though. I, th- I think the, the kind of the only thing that I always come back to that I'm not like too excited to see is the 
climax or the end. The kind of switcheroo they do is fine, but the big tanker scene with CG uh, uh, shipping containers falling over and things like that, that probably wasn't, it was probably a little too much. But like you said, Peter, Fast and the Furious can probably pull any of those things off, no problem. So this one must not have had enough family in it, and that's probably its biggest downfall. <laughs> yeah, it didn't elicit seven sequels. What, what about you, Peter? What have you been watching? So I, the more I thought about it over the week and tried to write down what I've watched, you realize that my brain is complete mush, and I, I don't know that I've really watched anything. I do know there was one thing that I will highlight. It was on, I think it was on FX or maybe Sci-Fi, but uh, there was the movie The Mist. Have you guys seen this Tom movie? Thomas Jane? I have not seen that. Yeah, Thomas Jane. It's got uh, a few other folks uh, from, um, from Walking Dead, some Walking Dead alum in the movie. Carol and Andrea from The Walking Dead, if you're familiar. But watch that movie on TV. Looked up the the Rotten Tomatoes rating just to get a feel after we watched it to see what it got. It's I think it was around like se- mid-70s or a high 70s. So actually pretty good rating for a kind of a horror movie. It was surprisingly amusing. And the end was probably the one, one of the most depressing endings of movies I've seen in a long time. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it and let me know what you think. But... Um, I definitely had a good time watching it. Uh, you know, would I see it in theaters? Probably not, but it was definitely amusing enough for catching on TV. But yes, very depressing, very depressing. You know, just a high-level plot overview. Everybody's in the town. There's a, a mist that essentially overtakes the town while there's a, a number of folks in a grocery store. And then essentially monsters and such start coming out of the mist. So it's kind of the sci-fi, you know, kind of makes me think of War of the Worlds or um, a little bit of uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. You know, you don't really know what's out there. We're all going to stay inside and things, you know, who knows what what could be there. So it, it was a very interesting movie. I, I would recommend anybody to go see it. It's not a horror scary movie. It's more of just a, you know, monsters are going to kill people, you know, Jaws type movie. So yeah, was, I enjoyed it too. And there's Stephen King. So I think uh, probably a safe bet for folks to go watch it. I think I remember it not doing as well as, as the critics would have you, you know, think as well, which is kind of surprising. Usually those things are rated terribly and then enough people go see them that they have like five sequels this one was kind of the opposite so it's weird yeah and it was funny because when it came on tv i laughed at first because i i was thinking it was the movie the fog which was a terrible kind of if i remember that had superman in that oh did that have henry cavill in that one no 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 this was the uh sorry smallville superman oh got it okay whose name i I forget i want to say tom wellington or something but yeah i think that's about as close as you can get (laughs) but yeah i thought it was i thought it was the fog so i laughed and then uh no, it was actually surprisingly entertaining. So definitely, definitely something worth catching. One thing none of us did talk about is what everybody is drinking this week. So Matt, we'll go to you. What are, what are you imbibing? I'm having a pretty a pretty rare beer. It's pretty exciting. Um, I think it's a regional to Milwaukee. Uh, it's a Miller Light. <laughs> um, they they don't smell spell the light traditionally. It's more of an L I T E. I believe they their claim on their commercials that I've seen at least is that since they kind of invented it, they can spell it however they want, which I appreciate, but I will, I will admit their marketing and whoever rebranded it to the classic uh, logo definitely won me over when they did that. And I've kind of switched to that over the Coors lights or the Bud lights of the world. Um, but yeah, pretty, pretty exciting night for me to have some, some Miller light in my life. Wow. Look at that. What about you, Sean? Well, uh, I know as we mentioned on the last podcast that, uh, that I had kind of, 
started to give up uh, beer for and alcohol for Lent. Well, since the new development, I failed miserably this past week. I like uh, it. <laughs> so I went to the uh, I went to the Reds opening day on Monday, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna have a beer, and then I was like, oh, I just yeah. <laughs> so I got down the rabbit hole. Then yesterday I had a couple. Uh, but uh, the one of choice right now is the Great Lakes Commodore Perry. It's like a kind of like a iron rust belt. Uh, like they're out of Cleveland, the brewery. Um, but it's pretty nice uh, IPA. So uh, just enjoying that this evening. Um, what about you, Peter? What, what's uh, baby daddy drinking this week? So I cracked open something that I, I cherish every year if I can get a bottle of it. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Founders Brewery in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You guys ever had Founders? I don't know. The name's very familiar. I don't know if I recall. Yeah, I've had, the, I've had the all day. Yeah, so they've got all day IPA. They've got, God, you name it. They've got uh, Dirty Bastard. They've got what my beer is based off of. So I had the, uh, they, they make a breakfast stout and they make a Canadian breakfast stout, which is their breakfast stout that is, they use uh, Canadian kind of syrup barrels, essentially. So you get some of the sweetness. But what I had was the Kentucky breakfast stout. So they, oh, nice. yeah, they age the, they age the beer in a bourbon barrel. So, I mean, that's kind of a thing with everybody, but theirs is kind of, I won't say world renowned cause it's definitely not, but it's, it's a, it's a big one on the beer trading market, if you will. Uh, delicious beer. They release it once a year. It's always really hard to get. I was given a bottle for, uh, my Christmas present and I finally cracked open into it and, and enjoyed it. So that was a wonderful treat. So I would suggest that for anybody in the Midwest who can actually grab a bottle if you're anywhere in the region and somewhere near Chicago, Indiana, Ohio, you should be able to pick one up if you find a craft beer store, but you got to be quick. So what about Michigan? Yeah, that was a, nope, they don't serve in Michigan. Actually. It's uh, it's, it's It's strictly forbidden. Yeah. It's uh, (laughs) you'll be shot and burned at the stake if you drink in Michigan. No, I, if you do, if you do get it in Michigan, uh, it's extremely expensive. Not that it's not any cheaper anywhere else, but we, we had a glass at a wedding last year and I think it was like $16 for an eight ounce pour. So it's, it's a pricey beer. It sounds expensive for whoever was supplying the alcohol at that wedding. That was my own purchase. So that was my only purchase cause it was an open bar. So I, I had to have one glass. Of oh, gotcha. Go gotcha. to all the, go to the free <laughs> I stuff. thought somebody just saw that you were drinking it and poured it. I was like, Hey Peter. That was sixteen dollars a pour, so uh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the way the way weddings are priced, basically any drink is sixteen dollars once they bill you. That's so a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair. Point. Note to self: don't get married. Just kidding. Quick question for you, Peter. Uh, you mentioned that you had that for a Christmas present. Was it expired, or how, like was it still good when you opened it up? No. So, so if you get some of the stouts and the the darker beers. Uh, for those who don't know, you can age them. So a lot of the good ones, you can age for a year or longer. So I was tempted to take this one and age it for a year and see how it turned out, but I, it was too good to sit there leaving on a shelf. So I, I cracked into it, but I've, I have a few actually sitting in our bar that have been there for about nine months. And usually I have never had one, a dark one, a good one. That's been bad. It, It changes flavor. It's almost like a wine. Um, obviously you can't age it like 20 years, but you know, you can usually get a good nine, 12 months out of them. So yeah, little quick alcohol tip. Nice to know that, but thanks. All right. So I think that covers it and we still don't have Dave, but let's kind of keep things rolling and jump into our review of all of the Fast and Furious's to date, one through seven. Let, let's just go around the room and kind of get people's overall opinion on the series from start to finish, you know, 
What were your initial takes when you first saw the first movie? And then where do you think the series has come today? And uh, we'll start with you, Sean. What, what are your thoughts? Um, well, thanks for jumping right into me. But uh, I, I think overall... <laughs> Um, I would say when the movie first came out, I was 16 years old, you know, you first started driving and I think we all had, I, I mean, I'm sure we'll learn here, but I had the urge to want to go race cars, <laughs> uh, which as a teenager is already something, uh, that we, you know, you kind of do with your friends messing around, but, uh, it becomes more dangerous. <laughs> so I, uh, I remember going to the theater and like kids just like, you know, everybody revving up their engines and stuff like that, leaving the theater. I was like, this is probably the worst movie that could have been made for a teenager to see. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I can remember like, you know, I guess enjoying the first one and then the second one and then the third. I, I don't even remember. I never saw the third one until they until about four years later when they were going to release another one. And, like the when the Fast and Furious came out. And then I liked how they decided to just make it. I think they took a turn and were just like, all right, we're just going to make these what they are, completely ridiculous action movies. And then you end up, uh, it's like collaborate, uh, collaborative effort here, new scenery. It's like, the, so the fourth one was back in the U.S. and I think the fifth one was Brazil. And then the sixth one was like Europe and like London. And then the seventh one was in, I think they ended up going to uh, Dubai at one point. Um, it, so it, I like how they've just, decided to, to make it just what it is. It's a blockbuster film that has its sole purpose is to make money is to, to just like be a cash grab. So, um, you know, and my, one of my favorite additions to films is w when things need a twist, just add Dwayne, the rock Johnson, and that instantly gives it a punch to the gut. So, um, I, I think for what they are, I get excited just to see how new and ridiculous it is. And I always, uh, you know, I always enjoy them. So what about you, Matt? What do you think of these uh, these brilliant works of art? So I, I will have to say that this, uh, adding The Rock to this, definitely worked better than when uh, Dwayne Johnson was added to G.I. Joe, um, which is, you know, poor G.I. Joe franchise. But uh, uh, same boat. The first one was, you know, who, who wouldn't want to, you know, when you're around 16, who wouldn't want to be driving up in racing cars, um, maybe even you know, being Paul Walker, why not? That'd be okay. And, uh, Jordan, you know, having Jordan and Brewster around and, and hanging out with Ja Rule, you know, that's not bad. Um, the second one was, you know, pretty much what you'd expect from a sequel based on the first one. Uh, I, I don't think that one had Vin Diesel. I could be mistaken. No, he wasn't in. That was, he, he wasn't in on it. He was all about Riddick at that point, maybe. Um, never saw Tokyo Drift. I still haven't, though I, I did like Han in the uh, movies he was in. And uh, pretty much, <laughs> Fast and the Furious was a big, big, uh, big shift. Was surprised by how entertaining it was when all they had to do to the title was drop the articles. Um, <laughs> I thought they marketing did genius. Yeah, it really was. Um, Fast Five, you get some more alliteration in there. The scene with the uh, was that was one of the safes, right? Um, so aside from getting um, Dwayne Johnson added, you have some people towing it a safe that's bigger than the car. That was kind of entertaining. Six and seven, we'll, we'll talk, you know, talk about it more, but they just go, just capitalize on the ridiculousness. And I, I think that part's fine. The, the overabundance of, of, or overhanded or overplaying of the family. 
it is kind of killing it a little bit for me. It kind of makes it, <laughs> makes it tough to get excited to go see it just out of fear of how often I'm going to have to hear somebody say family. They've always kind of had that family. Even in the first one, they did the barbecues and things like that. So they were bad, but they were family kind of things. So you're like, oh, well, at least they love each other. Uh, but now it's just they don't do that stuff now. They just say family and are sometimes sitting on car hoods in garages looking at each other. But uh, it's it, it's going to be fun to see what they have what we have in store for ourselves in the fate of a furious uh, next week. Yeah. What about, what about you, Peter? Yeah, no, I, I mean, without repeating you guys, uh, the, kind of the way I came into the series, the first one, I really enjoyed it. It was a really entertaining kind of different take, especially from a theatrical standpoint, never really seen anything that focused on racing. And uh, that was the time in, I know my life. And I'm sure for you guys as well, where those sorts of souped up, you know, Toyotas and, and Hondas were the cool thing to do. And now it's completely lame and, and nobody likes them. But back back in the day, that was cool. You know, put a giant muffler and a huge spoiler and drop your car a few inches. And um, that was fun, especially for the times. And I will say when you go back and watch it, it, it still holds up. It's not completely dated. So it's still a fun flick for the second and third. I mean, the second one, I think I was still vaguely in it. Vin Diesel dropped out. So I think he kind of lost a little bit. You got to trade up from Ja Rule to Ludacris, which, uh, you know, the start of Ludacris's illustrious acting career, which, you know, has has blossomed to a whole bunch more Fast and Furious movies. So, you know, you get that much out of it. It still had a good time with number two. I think three came along and, it, you know, Matt, you never saw it. it it's probably worth seeing but at the same time not because it's pretty terrible uh, it's worth seeing just to see han because han's a fun character in the movies that he's in following and just to kind of see how that the timeline goes along and we'll talk about that a bit later i thought it was dead after the third one and then all of a sudden you get uh four five six and seven and now eight nine probably gonna be 12 13 this is probably gonna be like jason you're gonna have 47 of these by the time we're all dead so but no i'm I'm thoroughly impressed that they were able to, I think you put it well, Sean, they kind of capitalized on realizing this is, it is what it is. It's a ridiculous film that has no grip in reality. Let's just have fun with it. Let's throw some crazy cars, some good looking people and some explosions and and see how we can take it to the max. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed that it's still keeping so many people involved, including myself. And I'm, I think I've seen, I've seen, the last few that came out, I know I saw six in theaters, did not see seven. I think I saw five in theaters. So I've seen a decent amount in theaters and it's because you know, you kind of know what you're getting into, which I think is a refreshing piece to go into a theater and, and realize that I am going to get a fun popcorn flick and I, I'll have a good afternoon with it. So I definitely take it for what it is and, and have a good time. And, and I hope it continues and you know, we'll see with number eight and we'll talk about that next week once we all go see it. But I want to get everybody's thoughts on the third and fourth movies and how we transition in the timeline. A lot of movies have these timelines where they're, you know, somebody dies and they come back, they go back in time. This one actually, you know, they didn't know where they were going to go with the first series of films. They ended up essentially not retconning, but uh, taking the fourth and fifth and I believe sixth movie and putting it back in time. I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on how they've how they've done, you know, with the timeline and whether that's something that even has affected you in watching the films. Is it something that you've been, you know, enjoying seeing how pieces and parts come together? I mean, what are your thoughts there? And uh, Matt, we'll jump to you. Yeah, since I haven't seen the third one, I, I can't speak specifically 
to to some of the aspects that you know may, maybe I'm not familiar with, but I did think they did a good job um, of just kind of saying, hey, we're just gonna we'll bring it back in at some point. We'll we'll keep making movies. We want to have this Han character guy. We want to have him uh, available to us. So we're gonna make sure that you know we're not shoehorning ourselves. We're not we're not which though you said they might we're not trying to like make a oh he's back because he totally didn't die though um sounds like we might get that in the future based on something that one of us has heard or read later but it was nice i I, the only the only hesitation i have now in watching these movies in chronological order is the idea of watching one two four five six and then going back to watch three just to see like the dated like going back in time to like the technology and cars and the way people are just the overall culture and things like that will be interesting. I know it's in Tokyo, and I, I can't speak to the culture of Tokyo in 2006 or, or whenever that was, but um, it'll I think it would still be pretty interesting to see those cars, see the guy from uh, Friday Night Lights not be in Friday Night Lights, but driving instead um, would be interesting. But I, I think they did a good job with the timelines, actually, even with that kind of sneak in. I think the biggest loss we have is uh, Gal Gadot from... Uh, and I don't know if that's related to Tokyo Drift or not. Or is that separate? It is not. It is okay. not. It's separate. Okay. But it, you're right. That's a very sad fact. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very hurt by that loss. Tough times. <laughs> <laughs> Since you've seen the movie, though, Sean, any any thoughts on the way that they played that timeline? Yeah. So I, uh, I think I saw it, and I, I had to think about. It. I think I saw it after the fact because I was like, I didn't. I can't remember if I saw it. I was trying to just recall if I'd seen it after the fourth one or after the fifth or sixth one um anyway uh the i remember when i watched it it's bad <laughs> like you have zachary ty Bryan from home improvement uh in the movie um you have let's see lucas black who is terrible um you have <laughs> little bow wow who is, i think he might have still had uh, i can't remember if it was bow wow or if he's credited under his uh his actual name and then you know you get introduced to han you get introduced to like the uh uh, what's the the Japanese mafia? And I forget the name of it. It's going to kill me. The Yakuza, uh, yeah. which I'm starting to see come up in more and more programs that I watch, I feel like. And then you get, like, you basically get, like, a glimpse. Uh, and I, I, my whole thing is I'm confused if they decided to, after they're, like, when they're making this movie, they're like, okay, we this is terrible. <laughs> like, we need to do a Vin Diesel cameo and try to write the ship here because he, he shows up at the end of uh, the third movie, Tokyo Drift. And you kind of see like, okay, there's a connection here. And then they, obviously the fourth film and then the fifth, because Han's in the fourth film too, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, right? I had to, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I uh, think I think that was kind of the motivation for them to kind of disregard his fate from Tokyo Drift. But I could just be spitting in the wind here. Yeah, so he, you know, I like the way they transitioned that to, from the this movie in Tokyo. And they've even tried to include, I think, was it, Fast Seven, or uh, when they had Lucas Black, um, when he comes back uh, and revisits his character. Yeah, that that was kind of like the beginning of Seven, where you're kind of having all that. Uh, what do you have? Uh, Kim thinking of his name? Uh, Jason Statham going around trying to. Uh, oh, yeah, Jason. Yeah. Take apart the yeah. gang. So. Man, forgive uh, me for not mentioning that. Also, an adrenaline shot is just adding a big name star like Jason Statham. Anybody who's been in a movie. Uh, in the Expendables films, I just consider <laughs> I just consider ridiculous, and I, I I was an early fan of Jason Statham from like the Guy Ritchie films like uh, Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, and uh, Snatch. Absolutely. And then then he went down that road of just being action star Jason Statham, 
Um, yeah, crank transporter. Yeah, transporter. Yeah, classics. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know he's definitely some uh, action film Viagra, I guess you can call him. Um, <laughs> he and Dwayne Johnson might be like overload Cialis versus Viagra, <laughs> uh, but uh, this is about the best analogy I think I can come up with. Um, and very family friendly. Yeah, exactly, like it. it's all about family. Um, <laughs> so. I like I like the idea of the timeline to circle back here. I like the idea of how they took it. I read something recently, which I haven't seen the eighth film yet, but I, I heard they're going to try to loop Han back in for a ninth film, which I don't know how they're going to make that work, but it's Fast and the Furious. I guess you can make up whatever you want to, except uh, except for, um, I guess, Brian's character is not coming back at all, um, given the... Uh, Take that, Paul Walker. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> given Paul Walker's untimely death. Too soon, no, man. I mean, it is what it is. I don't think they can do much with that. Um, and, and I don't know if they're going to ever bring back uh, Jordana Brewster as Mia. But um, before I keep going down this road of just naming off characters, the one I got to sort of drop in here is um, Tyrese. I think Tyrese's role is like the comedic relief, I guess it is. He, you know, in the second film, I think he, at first I was kind of like, this is stupid. And then as it's gone on, I think he's probably one of the funniest characters in the films. Like he always makes some stupid comment that makes me like giggle in the film, but I like Tyrese in the uh, too fast, too furious. I'm glad to see they brought him back in, in some of these other films here The with the, the different race scenes and different settings. But uh, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> it's just sort of this, like some, there's a heist. There's uh, another cast member that's always added as part of the family. And, um, and then, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's all I got for that. But uh, what about you? What about you, Peter? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you on the comment about Tyrese. And it's funny because I think they had the same realization with his character as they did with the movies. Because in the second one, they play him as as a hard ass. He's got a few kind of funny lines. But in a lot of the movie, they kind of play him as the badass in that movie. He's yeah. kind of He is the replacement for Vin Diesel. And it's great because in the newer movies, again, they've realized... These are fun, ridiculous movies. He's full on comic relief and he he's got some of the biggest laughs. He has some of the most ridiculous scenes. He's definitely the guy that is there to get the audience into the movie from a comedic standpoint. So I thoroughly have enjoyed how they've taken it because I'm with you, Sean, in the second movie. I I didn't hate him, but I definitely did not like him the way they took the character. I liked the funny beats, but I didn't like kind of the seriousness. So I really like where they went with it. But I think you bring up... Uh, you know, a good point, which is, you know, how, how they've transitioned these movies from, you know, early on, it's it's the racing scene. And, and, you know, we're looking at, again, we're looking at family, but we're looking at what it's like to be in this underground race area and what it's like to, to be in love with cars. And the second one kind of stays with it a bit. And then the later movies really transition more into the the heist films, the kind of the action set pieces. And it's, it's less about the cars and the racing and more about, it is very kind of Ocean's Eleven-esque in terms of pulling together a team and, and doing a job. And I wanted to get everybody's kind of feelings on, on, on moving the movies that direction away from the racing scene. I mean, for me, I think it, it opens it up to a wider audience because you don't have to try to grab the gearheads and the people that really care about, you know, putting NOS in your car and all that crap that nobody really cares about anymore from a mainstream perspective so i think it was smart and at the same time you know you're adding a lot of action that has has a purpose to be there because it's doesn't really make sense to randomly have tanks burst out of planes if it if it's not a heist movie and it doesn't have this kind of over the top uh plot line 
So I, I think it was a great move on their part, and it definitely obviously is paid off from a theatrical and from a box office perspective. But, um, you know, maybe Sean, to you, what do you think about, you know, where they've gone and maybe even thoughts on where you think they might go in the future with it? Yeah, I have no idea. To answer your uh, immediate question, I have no idea where they're going to go because uh, every time <laughs> I think they're going to go in one direction, it just blows off another uh, another route. <laughs> I I was trying to recall some of the, the you mentioned like how they, they have sort of dropped the race scenes. They still have some sort of ridiculous racing in every film, um, but it's tied into them trying to u- usually chase down characters. Uh, I also didn't mention that Kurt Russell, great addition to the last film too, and he's in this, it seems like he has a more sort of pronounced role in this uh, upcoming one, which Kurt Russell for being damn near 60 some odd years old, he's uh, he's got a big summer coming out from what it looks like uh, the eight Fate of the Eight or whatever, and then... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Guardians 2. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, yeah. So yeah. those are two uh, movies that are going to be right out the gate here in the next, what, shit, I guess it's four weeks. In the next four weeks, he has two movies coming out that are probably due to make a couple hundred million dollars. So uh, good for Mr. Goldie Hawn to be keeping, be keeping it going. Somebody's got to earn the dollars, I guess. But the uh, to sort of circle back here, it's the the Shaw family, the, the, the two villains. Like, they bring in a different character every time that's a villain. Um, like this time, obviously, it seems like for the, the eighth film is uh, Charlize Theron is the new big name that they drop in. Like last movie was uh, Jason Statham. Wait, is she, is she a Shaw also? No, I don't know. I'm sorry. I was, the, oh, okay. The, okay. What's the guy's name that was, uh, his, I forget his, Owen Shaw's name. The Bard. The, uh, the Bard was in the sixth yeah, he's from the Hobbit. Yeah, and he's the one that was the uh, just in um, Gaston and uh, Beauty and the Beast. But he... I saw. I know he was the six, which was the brother of Jason Statham, is his brother, uh, yeah. in the films. And then, yeah, it's just a lot of different, um, a lot of different names that, are, that that get dropped in here, like that are just going to keep adding on to the uh, the cast. But, I mean, I think it's. I like the way it goes. But Matt, I mean, what do you think overall? I I don't want to keep rambling on about what I'm, about what I think with the characters. But uh, I, I think it's it's pretty simple. I like I mean I like what they're doing. I like how it's just ridiculous. But I mean like here's a here's one question that I have that I'll ask you guys to kind of pontificate on. Do you think that they can keep it in some sort of realm of what they already have, or do you think they're going to keep adding people that are going to have ties to characters that have you know passed at some point? I think it's hard to say because it's kind of curious where Charlie's uh, Theron's character comes from. You know, yeah. it, I wouldn't be surprised if she has some tie. Like, why would she hate these people or do whatever she's doing with Vin Diesel, um, Dominique Toretto, um, if there wasn't some sort of tie that we don't know about? So I'm assuming maybe she's like the stepsister of Jason Statham, but then if they're they're tag teaming him and uh, The Rock together to go after, her, maybe that's probably not accurate. But uh, it seems like it's it's one of those like ten seasons into some some drama crime series where every they don't have any new cases anymore now it's always just oh so and so that you were related to or so and so that you screwed over six years ago um is now coming after you so it, it feels like they're kind of going that route uh so far it's you know the, the addition of kurt russell was nice um i think it's gonna be nice to have Charlize theron on this though i don't know how much i, I care about her character but I'm, I'm hoping the trailer just doesn't give me a good take on on what she's actually going to be doing the idea of having all these cars uh, controllable by her is is a little bit um, too much for me, considering how many cars that I see on a daily basis 
um, that are you know from like the late 90s or early 2000s that barely have chips in them that could be controlled. So that's going to be kind of interesting, but I'm sure it'll be it'll be fine. I do want to, before I forget, I do want to say, we're talking about how, how much of the heists, uh, the, they're kind of a heist movie this, these have become, and it's all been entertaining. Rather, it's them trying to steal something to correct a wrong, or them getting blackmailed, or them getting forced to do it by other some other means. It, it's good fun. But the original heist from the first one, I think, is, is still probably the biggest haul they've taken, where they were stealing the DVD players. Um <laughs> That's a great reference. And I think that's that's one of the toughest things. When I, <laughs> it's been a while since I've watched it. Uh, I didn't prep for this like I meant to by watching at least that one and the seventh one again. Um, but whenever I go back and watch it, or in the last couple times I've seen it, I think I couldn't believe it was DVD players that they were stealing. Uh, it just cracks me up how how times have changed. But the the scene, I, I think it, I thought felt like that one was a bit more based in reality. And I know we've already talked about the transition that they've made. Um, but it, it feels like a bigger leap than just saying, oh, let's, let's make them, you know, kind of absurd things. Let's make it so that they, I don't know, they've, they know they've generally progressed, but that one, aside from like the, the scene where they drive under a big rig, I don't recall too many things where it's that, that crazy. And then you go to dragging a, dragging a, um, a safe around or driving a tank through a plane, um, big leap and then seven was definitely a good fun where they had the uh the car driving off of one building into the other made me want to watch uh, lethal weapon four um which was a freeway into a building into a freeway but uh but yeah not not much not much to add in terms of like where they might be going because every time i think where they could be going they do something like that where they drive off of a building or they um paul walker has to jump off of a bus uh and try not to you know the generic i hope i don't fall off this cliff while it's crashing run up and i guess that's not that unpredictable but the uh the cars were good fun with the mountain chase scene in the last one that was the seventh one right yes yeah uh that actually was good fun the only thing i can think that they may do i mean there's two things and other other folks have written about this online but a they're going to take this thing to space they're going to drive a car onto a space shuttle it's going to be spacex elon musk they're going to end up being on mars or something you know some something completely ridiculous and then they got to throw chuck norris in i mean i think that those are the only two things they're missing: some space scenes and Chuck Norris, and then. Uh... Now you really are making the Expendables. Is this going to be the Expendables? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I was basically waiting for. Directed by Sylvester Stallone, starring Chuck Norris and all the rest of the cast. I mean, it's going to be great. I'll, I'll still see it, <laughs> though. I, I think we are. I think we still are at. I think the plan is still ten. So. Um, I think so. Only only two more villains that we that we know we need to to wonder about, or two more kind of like. Uh, scenes the submarine in this one looks looks interesting i love the like you guys were talking about tyrese gibson's kind of comic relief him in the uh, orange was a lamborghini uh out in the snow was was good fun the banter between him and Ludacris is always is always a pleasure so while they're driving and dealing with all that action we still get some of the banter that's that's good fun so they've done plane now they're gonna have done submarine they've done train i think twice so maybe you're right. Maybe in the ninth one they do have to jump right into space because I think they've hit every conveyance they have. So the have they had a? Do they at some point go back to Tokyo? You think? I mean, or to deal with some sort of China? Maybe I, they haven't gone to Asia yet. Um, really, besides Tokyo Drift. So that I feel like there's going to be a continental. Um, <laughs> at the, maybe the tenth movie will be like each continent is represented and it goes all out, but. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's that's the one. Unless they they can't. Is this is this Antarctica or is this Arctic? I don't know. The, the film that's let me sort of 
speak coherent sentences here. Um, the don't do it. Waste of time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm trying to. What I was trying to say is, I don't know if the that submarine scene that you mentioned, Matt, is Antarctica or something uh, crazy, but uh, they got to hit them all, right? Um, but it it's. I think they're supposed to be ten films, like they like you said. So, and Han might come back from what I read, and and I don't know if they're gonna sort of make this outer, you know, an intergalactic uh, furious movie. <laughs> Um, I have to say, it's hard to hear intergalactic and not think yeah, planetary. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. That was, yeah. that was impressive that you refrained from saying it. <laughs> intergalactic. Uh, well done. Yeah, nicely done. Got it. Beastie <laughs> yeah. Boys for anybody listening and who doesn't yeah, know. We're dropping, dropping rhymes on here. Not only are we just going to uh, wax poetic about movies, but we also will drop in random. Uh... Side note, I did hear that. There, So Sean tried to push out some uh, some marketing materials for us which was, was lovely and he uh he mentioned wax on or wax poetic about something and a couple of us weren't 100 percent familiar with in the context it made sense but weren't 100 percent familiar <laughs> with that being a phrase and um we we're we were convinced otherwise we googled it that's fine we we're wrong it's a thing um and just yesterday i was watching something i didn't remember what it was and somebody literally said wax on about this or wax on about that or something and i was like all right if it's in a movie it's got to be real so, so i trust it <laughs> It's got to be. Yeah, right? Like a submarine popping out of a, a glacier or whatever it is and cars driving on ice. Hey, if it happens in a movie, it's real. Exactly. 30-mile-long runways. I mean, you know. TV wouldn't lie to me. Is that what the, is that what the math is on the – was that the fifth one? or That was the sixth one, sixth one, right? Yeah. Sixth one, yeah. Is that what the math is, 30 miles? We, def- we definitely need to talk about that briefly. So we were talking about that before we started. But in the sixth movie, the climax plane drive on the runway. So somebody did some calculations a while back. And I think the scene – is 11 or 13 minutes long and they calculated given the the estimated speeds the runway they were on was somewhere between 18 and 28 miles long so essentially it's you know uh what is that 15 or 20 times the normal length of a runway so so yeah that's a long ass runway i mean i'm sure we've all sadly spent longer than that on a runway but not while it's moving and not going that fast <laughs> it's just absurd it was... It's an interesting take. I don't know if you guys do this in movies, but there's always the scenes where somebody has to defuse a bomb or get to something during a timer. And sometimes I'll rewatch those movies on TV and I'll actually time, you know, how long that scene takes <laughs> to see if the timer's in sync with the way the movie's going just because I want to be a dick and kind of find gaps. And uh, Why don't you just watch 24 and be well... done? <laughs> well, that would be the smart thing. But no, it, it's it's a different take on that because as opposed to timing, you know, till the bomb goes off, you just you watch the movie and you're like, well, how long is this freaking runway? This is impossible. This should not be happening. I, I usually get lost in the movies like pretty easily, like suspension of disbelief, all that, I, you know, unless it's really cheesy and corny, which I guess you could argue these are. But um, at least, you know what we're getting. So you don't really think about it. That scene, absolutely. While I was watching it in the theaters for the first time i could not believe that it was still on still going on <laughs> it was literally just like okay this is this is too much and i think all that was happening was they were fighting so i feel like the fight scene could have just been half as long and it still would have been a little long but it would have been like all right i guess it's okay so yeah. and a fun a fun point on that uh so there's one of the reasons that movie has so much ridiculousness is actually it was supposed to be broken into two films so it was supposed to be so I think that one is Fast and Furious 6, and I believe the original plan, Justin Lin wanted to do 
the first series or the first installment would be fast and the second installment would be furious and it'd be a two-parter and the climax of the first movie would be the tank scene from number six and the conclusion of the second film would have been the plane scene so it's definitely uh, once you understand that and you watch the film again you kind of get how there can be this much ridiculousness in one film so um yeah they can pull it off and people won't question it so much but uh yeah it's pretty pretty intense what uh what do you guys think the names are going to be for the next i guess we only have two more so we've got fate of the furious have you have we talked about what the titles are so far do we want to run through them real quick yeah, I was just looking at this. So it's uh, the Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, which is you know awesome, genius. Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. Uh, just to make sure everybody knows they're in Tokyo, so you should go see it if you like drifting in, in Tokyo. Fast and Furious, the genius uh, naming that we we talked about with the uh, lack of articles, making a dr- dramatic change to what the movie could be. Fast Five, got the alliteration playing playing strong with it. Fast and Furious 6, and it sounds like they could have had better titles per the universe that Peter was talking about, but uh, that's just dropping a 6 on it. Yeah, the title, sorry, the, sorry to try to jump in here, but the Furious 6 is what the movie is. It's not Fast and Furious 6. It's just so the, everything I'm everything I'm seeing is Fast and Furious 6. I thought I saw that as an AKA, AKA and I got confused, because then it's Furious 7. Well, yeah, because I've seen Furious 6 and then like Furious 7, so like... I, from what I remember, I thought the trailer said Furious 6 when the, uh, and I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, I thought it was Furious 6 and Furious 7. I'll, I'll send you all sorts of links to, to okay. prove that you're super wrong. No, I think that was a working title and they probably did have marketing materials for it. And then they decided they couldn't come up with anything better for 7. So they said, let's wait for 7 to that. But who knows? Maybe yeah. it's Furious 6 and Furious 7. No, I think it's you're right. It's easier to say anyway. Looking back now, I just Google it and it's like Furious, Fast and Furious 6. Um... And then obviously Furious Seven, and then the fate of the eight. The fate of the eight is the best one out of. No, it's it's the fate of the Furious. The the eight that comes to mind is that they title it. Or fate, they, yeah. Um, it's F and then eight. The number eight. It's like a license so plate. So great. Oh, fate nice. <laughs> so I assume nine's gonna be fine and Furious or something because Gal Gadot is gonna be back with Han. Um, the zombie, The Walking Dead. <laughs> What's that? Walking Dead. No, I was joking. I was like, they're going to be the Walking Dead because oh, Han and oh, Gal Gadot yeah. <laughs> are both going to be back. And... I, I, I would love if they just completely mixed things up and had didn't have Fast or Furious in the title. You know, maybe they just call it Nine. Just see what happens. Just do Nine. And then people would think they're watching an Elijah Wood animation movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's where I was going. <laughs> uh, or Daniel Day-Lewis random drama. You know they'd probably make even more money, so... Give that to the market. I think they would easily drop or overtop both of those movies in like a weekend financially. So how about we get an overall thought? I mean, if we had to, if you guys had to rank the seven thus far from, and I know Matt, you haven't seen Tokyo Drift, but given that the title looks like a title that would be on a straight direct to DVD sequel, give, give your ranking from, from best to worst of the seven. And, and I'll just, I'll just start to, to make things easy so i think for me because the original really was the original i think i would put that as number one um and and maybe we'll just go around the room and just do number ones and then we'll go to number two number three so i think i i would say the first one would be my number one so matt what about you what would you think is the best movie that's a toss-up between i think the fourth one and um the first one I'll, i'll go with the fourth one just just be you know to be a little bit different here but like you said, the first one's high up there just because it was the original. Um, 
that does it. But I think Fast and the Furious was nice because it was a good kind of way to reboot or restyle the movie, the franchise, and it kind of kicked us off to where we are today. So I'll go with uh, Fast and Furious. What about you, Sean? Yeah, I don't want to sort of mimic what your thinking is, Matt, but I'm sort of in line with that. So I'll say, but just to be different, I thoroughly enjoyed the fifth one. I think the Fast Five is by far, it's the collaboration effort where they all start coming together. So I'd put that one on par with that. And then I'm a big fan of the Fast and Furious without the articles, um, the fourth one. So I'd say those two are on par, like for, you know, one, two with me. Um, And then the, yeah. So what about you, Peter? What do you think? Uh, I, I I didn't want to go down the list and just start listing off all mine. Uh, yeah, yeah. But... I'll, so I'll do I'll do two and three. So my two, I would have to say uh, the latest installment. I thoroughly enjoyed. I think they they definitely had the ridiculous elements. It wasn't as ridiculous as six. I think six was a little too over the top for me. I, I but I I liked seven. I liked the scene. I liked that they took it to Dubai and kind of gave you a different look. Oh no, actually I think it was Abu Dhabi. Um, and kind of gave you that look. It was, a, I thought they did a really good job with the send off for Paul Walker's character. It was, it was tasteful given the situation. I know only because, you know, we follow film and whatnot and I followed kind of what they were going to do to, to kind of splice him in there. Uh, and for folks who don't know, you know, Paul Walker died halfway through filming. So they had a decent amount of his piece for that, that seventh film, they ended up taking his brother and kind of doing some compositing to, to finish the film off because his actually both of his brothers because they look very similar. So when I went and saw it, I actually was kind of looking for pieces and parts to see if I could notice where they put his brothers in. And it's actually pretty difficult to find. So, you know, long way of saying, I think they did a great job of sending his character off. They did it tastefully. It wasn't over the top. Um, and I thought it was it was a pretty good film and kind of left you on a you know sad somber note but you know with with uh you know blue skies and things are still going to be all right so i liked it i thought it was a good one so i think that'd be my number two and then i think my number three i'd be with you guys um you know the fifth one definitely comes shortly after i think it's a movie that had just enough excitement the team is there in force and i thought it was a good way to put them together so uh so matt what about you for uh number two and number three so number two and three i I think you know, just right in line with with Sean there. My my top three are going to be the original, uh, fat the fourth one, Fast and Furious, and then Fast Five. I think for my um, since I'm already kind of going the reboot route, I guess I'd probably go Fast and Furious for number one, Fast Five for number two, and then the Fast and the Furious, the original for for number three. Just to just to kick things off for for the for the fourth one in the the list, I, I think I'd have to go with number seven, like like you just uh, you uh, went went over Peter. I think I, I did enjoy six, but I, I think it was a little, like you said, a little too over the top. If they didn't have that plane scene, I think I think I've only rewatched it once since the first time I saw it, and I think that always kind of just one of those scenes where I'm like, uh, I don't know if I even care about watching the rest of the movie because I know that's coming up. So <laughs> it just takes it out for me. So, so yeah. What, what about you for number four, Sean? Um, well, I guess I didn't do. Uh, I, I guess sort of my three I kind of touched on, but uh, yeah, f- I'd go f- yeah four, five, one, and two, and then uh, the original is third. But the one thing I wanted to harp on too, and I just realized this like as we were you know talking about it, but doesn't it seem like the whole storyline from Fast Six, where you know Letty sort of becomes like the the villain, uh, or she's one of the the bad guys, I guess you'd say. Um, that seems very much like what this is all about. Um, 
how they're using Dom for the new one. But um, that's just a whole other story that I just thought of. I'm like, yeah, because I was trying to think of the sixth one because I don't really, I've only, I think I've seen it maybe once or twice. Um, and the second time was probably on like on USA Network or TNT or something um, where I don't really, I didn't watch the whole thing. But yeah, from, from a, to sort of not go down that road too much, but I'd probably say my, my fourth favorite one was the, uh, was the, the Fast uh, 7, or Furious, Furious 7, yeah, the most recent one. Now, which one was it that, that we had with that uh, Lenny kind of story? I don't remember where, what movies that took place in, and not that to was derail the, that. That was the, the sixth the one. That was the sixth one, so she kind of was teased in the fifth one? Yeah. Is what happened with the necklace or something? I think so, what, yeah. What happened to... So I forgot that Eva Mendez was even in this Too Fast and Furious. <laughs> she was, and I'm yeah. sad that we don't... We, we need we need her back, I think, now that we don't have Jordana Brewster or uh, Gal Gadot. But uh, she was teased in the fifth or the sixth at the end of one of those, and I thought we were going to... I think it was a, I think it was six, because I think she was the one that talked about Statham, um, but I could be one episode or one movie behind. I thought we were going to actually see her again. I was kind of disappointed that we didn't, so I'm still hoping that she'll she'll show up. I'm not hoping. I'm not expecting it in the fate of the Furious, just because there's so many people already. But uh, you never know. I think that'd be a great uh, if they're gonna really do a final trilogy. I think that'd be a great, great way to do it. Just pull in everybody they can find from the previous movies and give them at least you know five minutes screen time. Just blow up the world with a, an all-star cast of thirty different people. So, so yeah, to keep things rolling. So I think uh, my number one was number one. Number two was number seven. Number three was number five. I would say number four for me, I would probably give it to to the fourth one. I think the fourth one was an interesting take. You know, granted, they kind of put in the little twist of killing off Letty without really getting to see her. So that was kind of a bummer. But um, they kind of took it. It was a little more gritty than the rest of them. So I think from five onward, they kind of took this, you know, let's blow up the world view viewpoint. Number four was more of the the drug ring, uh, drug trafficking across the Mexican border. So is is a little kind of made me think of uh, the movie that uh, Vin Diesel was in a while back, which was, um, was that, I'm trying to think of the name. Triple X. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be Triple X. No, it was, it was the one where Vin Diesel's on a narcotics uh, drug uh, busting ring and essentially they end up murdering his, his wife and he kind of goes off for revenge. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Is that a man apart? Man apart. That's it. Yeah. So it kind of made me, nice. it kind of made me think of that because you're talking about, you know, going to the CD underworld and kind of doing things for them on the other side of the law. So um, I thought four was definitely. Number four was an interesting one for me as my number four. I think beyond that, then I'd probably go with uh, number six if I had to go uh, a fifth movie. And I, I think it's because, you know, you, you get a great time. You get a bunch of crazy action, and it was was a huge popcorn flick. And then I'll just close out mine. So so for my, my sixth place, I would put the second Fast and Furious. For me, it's really because I don't think they did a – great job removing vin diesel i think they kind of left a big gap i i enjoyed ludicrous and i think he actually does a great job in the movies i i actually thoroughly enjoy watching him and he's not a terrible actor which you'd kind of expect because obviously ja rule was terrible since they never brought him back for a second movie but um yeah number two for me was kind of goofy kind of campy cheesy uh, so not too great and then you know tokyo drift was just terrible acting was terrible um besides han basically the entire cast was throwaway which is why they 
in a lot of ways kind of soft rebooted and went back in time so that they could bring Han back because he was the best part. So I think that closes out my seven. So uh, Sean, let's go to you. What, what's uh, what's the close out of your list? Yeah. So I, obviously with the sort of, sort of the last few movies that we have left, um, I'd say probably fast six was my, um, was my fifth. I did, you know, I did think that it's kind of cool to have everybody together and, and the storyline how they tied in, um, with how they brought in Jason Statham for seven. Uh, and then after that, I'd probably say Tokyo Drift is my sixth. And then seven, I'd say, um, uh, I'd probably say Too Fast, Too Furious. I just think Cole Hauser was a terrible villain. And I think the Japanese Yakuza and just the the setting, I, I know I harped on this a little bit. I've never been to Japan, but I tend to like films uh, that take place in Japan because of the fact that it's something I've never experienced. Um, so yeah, I'd say probably I'd go close it out with, uh, six as my fifth one. And then the, I'm getting my numbers mixed up here. Um, fifth is my, the fifth film for me is the fast six. The sixth film is Tokyo Drift. And then the seventh would be too fast, too furious just because of the, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't like Cole Hauser, but to your point, Peter, I think Ludacris is awesome. He's, uh, for what he's worth, I'd put him and LL Cool J up there as the best uh, <laughs> rappers that have transitioned into acting. So um, good call, good call. Yeah, I mean that's those are the two that I'd go with in that in that uh, in that section. But uh, yeah, Ja Rule definitely didn't do it for me. But yeah, that's uh, that's what I got. I'm excited for um, the eighth film. So hopefully that one can uh, go at the top of my list. Although uh, Fast Five, it's hard to beat the uh, Fast Cars, Fast Women. <laughs> Uh, so that would have been a great title, by the way, for Fast Five. Um, but what about you, Matt? What do you, you want to finish up your list here? Yeah, I think it's got to close up pretty pretty much the same. So it's got to go um, Fast and Furious Six, Too Fast, Too Furious, um, and then Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, which kind of gets the default um, seventh spot, just because I haven't seen it. If, if Too Fast, Too Furious was was worse, I feel like I would put Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift above it, just to teach it a lesson but um <laughs> i think i think it had enough enough you know entertainment still to it despite the i think the plot was like the most obscure play that they did and the, like you said the drop of vin diesel was kind of interesting or not not necessarily well played it was kind of he wasn't there but uh but yeah so that was about it it sounds like we're all kind of rank rank them pretty much the you're uh, not not the same but we're kind of in the same boat of, of where the good ones sit and the, the bad ones yeah i think i think we're all in the same but, ballpark that's the phrase for it. <laughs> last uh, last thing real fast is that, um, Matt, I just want to say these films, you mentioned this earlier, they definitely do not hold up uh, with time. Um, <laughs> seeing the first one and the second one are so bad in terms of like just outdated references. And, you know, that's what my whole thought is like what makes a great film is that it stands up regardless of, you know, when you watch it. And those two definitely do not stand up with the uh, with the test of time. So Father Time remains undefeated. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something where like you, you could if somebody hasn't seen Fast and the Furious, I mean that's eight years ago. It's not that long, but you could say, hey, watch it. It's a popcorn flick or Fast Five, whatever. But if somebody hasn't seen the Fast and the Furious now, even if they grew up at that you know same age as us, it'd be hard to convince them to go watch it and be like, hey, look at neon cars and you know, spoilers and. Nos, remember you want some? You want some Nos? Well, you know what? They're jerks. All right, they're jerks. That's all I have to say. <laughs> they should love it. <laughs> so, last last thing, yes or no? 
is the the eighth film going to top the box office of the seventh? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. I think there's gonna be a downturn. I think uh, we're gonna start to see potential collapse of the huge franchise. Uh, Sean, what about you? I, d- I don't know. I go back and forth because there are some really good movies coming out here in the next couple of weeks. I think the timing of this movie, I guess they, they're anticipating that they're gonna, it's going to be a big summer at the box office. So I don't know if it'll, here in America, it might not, you know, outside of the next, what, three weeks, I guess. I don't know how much money it's going to make after that. Maybe the first two weeks it'll do do pretty well, um, but I don't think it'll top seven. Like that movie, just with the with the real life tie in with how Paul Walker passed away um, right before you know a couple of months before it was released. I think there was there was some added uh, curiosity from maybe not a fan of the series. So I, I don't think it's going to be able, they're going to be able to beat that. But um, what about you, Matt? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'd have, I'd have to agree unless unless they knock off one of the other main actors from the movie. Um, I don't think it'll top seven, uh, and it you know might do really well opening weekend, but with with what's coming up, I think it's going to be tough to uh, you know maintain a strong box office draw uh, by the time Guardians of the Galaxy comes out, and I'm sure there's some other kind of smaller films that it'll you know it buzz around this movie's not good enough that people will go for instead of instead of this. Um, though it, I mean. You know, with the type of movie it is, it's a good one to go see in theaters. So there's definitely that aspect to it. That appeals is very much there. Yeah, I, I think they got two weeks, two weeks of kind of open ground before Guardians hits. And yeah, I guess I guess we shall see. So we'll uh, we'll keep track and see, you know, in a few weeks if we're if we're on track or if we're dead wrong. So uh, we'll close it off for tonight with giving everybody's quick recommendation. So, Sean, how about you? What, what can you recommend for for people to go catch up on? I know I mentioned this earlier, but uh, I'll kind of second it. Uh, a couple of movies that Ridley, I tend to like Ridley Scott films, and being that I, I watched Thelma and Louise this week, I'd say check out Thelma and Louise and another sort of uh, movie that we talked about last week that we when we discussed Life was uh, I'd say watch the first Alien. That's a Ridley Scott film and it's a really good movie. Um, so do yourself a favor, check out some Ridley Scott films. And then if you're uh, feeling like you want to go for a, a Ridley Scott trilogy, um, Air Force One with Harrison Ford is a great film. So I'll leave it Love at it. that. Excellent choice. What about you, Matt? I'd have to say since we're talking about you know Fast and the Furious and we're talking about you know, all the way back to the original, I, I want to call out Pitch Black with uh, Vin Diesel, which is a little sci-fi flick that I absolutely <laughs> nice. loved when it came out. I can't speak to how well it might hold up. Um, I don't think it'll have the problems that the original Fast and the Furious and the second Fast and the Furious had, you know, obviously it wasn't doing a lot of the relative uh, 90s jokes and, and styling, um, but definitely want to do that. And then to give Paul Ro- Paul Walker a little, a little credit, Varsity Blues, you get him and uh, Look at and you. James Vanderbeek in there, so you're in, you're in good shape. So I think, I think those are my two recommendations, though. I will preface that if you haven't seen it, you can... Um, you don't want nostalgia early, late, late 2000 or late nineties, early two thousands. It might not be, uh, you know, great for you, but, uh, I, I think those are definitely two, two movies worth checking out. Those are some great, those are some great ones. I definitely, uh, I would definitely second those. Um, I think for me, uh, we actually just finished a TV show and I don't know, uh, you know, for anybody out there, but if you have access to Showtime, uh, there's a show called masters of sex. You ever heard of this one? Yeah, I, I yeah, no, I, I've, I've heard, I've caught a couple episodes randomly when I've been sitting in hotels and they have Showtime, because uh, I like that what Martin Sheen or Michael Sheen and Lizzie Kaplan, yeah, 
Um, so, I've, but I, I never know what's going on because the, there's all. I feel like there's always a new character, some you know, obviously drama around sex that's going on that I am not privy to since I catch random episodes. Yeah, it's it's de- it's a fun show. I think the the first season is definitely the best by far. Uh, some of the later seasons, there's only four seasons. We actually just wrapped it up today. Um, I would say the first one's best. The the second season's probably second best, and then it, it tails off. It, it, it's got a, a decent ending, but overall, yeah, definitely something. I think uh, if people have access, it's a fun nice. show to watch. So with that, I think we'll wrap it up. Unless Matt, you had anything else you wanted to to chat on? Yeah, yeah, I think I think that covers it couple movies and Ridley Scott movies and uh, another uh, show I need to try to watch. I'm on board. <laughs> there we go. All right. So for everybody, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're Potent Pictures. And please feel free to email us. Like we said, we have thousands of emails. We'd love to have one more. And if you can tell the sarcasm in my voice, then uh, I'm not doing a great job. Podcast at gmail.com. Join us next week where we're going to actually dive into the eighth Fast and Furious film. We'll see how it does in the box office. We'll probably take take some stabs at ridiculous submarine scenes. Uh, We'll see if there's a 30-mile-long runway. And from there, we'll uh, catch up with everybody next week. So stay tuned. We'll be here with you next week to drop some more movie knowledge. And we'll catch you next time. Recording. We're good. We're see, good. See your script stream. Dog. All right. We ready to go? We are good. Yes, sir. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Potent Pictures Podcast. We've got myself, Peter, Matt, and why can Sean. I remember? Let's start all over again because I can't remember <laughs> names. God, I'm like, Dave? I'm like, no, Dave's not here. What's wrong with you? So, anyway, uh, welcome, everybody, to Potent Pictures Podcast. We've got Dave, Sean, and myself, Peter, here. And Matt. No, we don't have Dave. I don't know what to do Dave's right now. Not... I don't know what to do right now. I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> it sounds to me like Peter wants us to wait for Dave. Should we just stop Should we just stop recording at this point and we're, just restart it? We're, no, that's because we can just cut the... Yeah, it's okay. okay. We're, as long as, we're all, <laughs> as, long as we're, all, we're all still just recording, we can just cut the beginning. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Or we can tack it on the end and everybody can laugh at how the, horrible this was. All right. Yeah, it sounds good. So, <clears throat> sibilance, sibilance, sibilance. Uh. <laughs>